Once again, I'm really glad to join you today, but let me just begin with prayer. Jesus, we are glad you are here. We are glad for the rain. We are glad for the opportunity to celebrate and praise you. We are thankful for your word. Speak to us, Jesus. Speak to us, Spirit. Speak to us. Help us to listen. Help us to listen in silence. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Kings 19, right after the prophet Elijah, let's see, here we go, right after the prophet Elijah had defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, Queen Jezebel declared that she was going to kill the prophet Elijah. So Elijah fled and ended up sitting under a broom tree. God sent an angel to feed him and then lead him all the way to the wilderness of Sinai, Mount Horeb, the same place where God had met Moses centuries earlier. God revealed his power to Moses, essentially in first a tornado, and then in an earthquake, and then in an inferno. But God wasn't present in any of those powerful manifestations of his glory. God finally spoke to Elijah the prophet in the sound of sheer silence. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We love the dramatic, the tornadoes, the earthquakes, the infernos, but silence allows us to hear from God. So that's what we'll talk about. So back in September, I spoke on Psalm 119. I realize not all of you were probably here for that. We talked about learning, living, and loving God's Word. And the next week, we talked about how to gain wisdom from Proverbs. So I'm going to continue my focus on Proverbs this week. Thank you, Jack. And next week. Next week, I'm going to be speaking on laziness. I hope you have a productive week. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about silence from the book of Proverbs. Now, there's part of me that doesn't like this picture. It seems almost cruel. We have a puppy that looks a little bit like this dog. A little, bit, a little bit darker, perhaps. This feels cruel. A little bit. We're going to come back to that. Now, some say silence is golden and duct tape is silver. <laughs> it's a little bit silly. Um, I guess you have to be sort of a, of a certain ilk to appreciate this kind of humor. Normally... When I teach from Scripture, I select the passages, maybe somewhere between 5 and 20 verses, and I discuss that in depth. But that's hard to do with the book of Proverbs, because the Proverbs, a proverb is often not connected thematically to the ones that come before and after it. So we kind of jump around a little bit. So that's going to be what I'm going to do today. This is what I did last time when I preached on Proverbs. Today I'm going to focus on six Proverbs. Scattered around the book, 
Jack read, read some of these for us, um, that all address the issue somehow of silence. So I'll read the proverb, make a few comments, and then move on to the next one. Now, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, most of these Proverbs may, have, may, may, may very well have been written by Solomon. We're not 100% certain, but I'm just going to call the author of the proverb the sage. Proverb number one. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So according to this proverb, there's a correlation between the number of words spoken and how much sin is committed. So you could almost think about represent this, representing this on a simple x-y axis. If you're mathematically inclined, you might appreciate this. So along the x-axis, you have um, a talking, and along the y-axis, you have transgression. And what you see as the talking increases along the x-axis, the, the transgression increases along the y-axis. Wisdom scholars refer to this as the talking transgression correlation. No, I just made that up. The people, yeah, what is this guy talking about? But you, you, you think about it, have you noticed how many sins are associated with speech? How many sins are associated with speech? Gossip. Deception, insults, verbal abuse, argumentativeness, pride. The more we talk, according to Proverbs, the more likely we are to commit these sins. In contrast, the person who restrains his lips is prudent. Now, most of us may not be familiar with the word prudence, but a couple hundred years ago in this country, there were a lot of people walking around with the name prudence. Now, instead of the word prudent, other translations might say wise here. And that's a good synonym. According to Proverbs, prudent people restrain their lips. What does it mean to restrain your li their lips? Well, the book of James talks about this. The tongue is described as powerful, but difficult to be tamed. Lips easily get out of control. The, lips are, um, the tongue easily gets out of control, but the, t the lips are meant to be kind of a, almost a cage for the tongue. A little bit like, let's see if I have it here, a muzzle. Humans sometimes need muzzles. Do you need a muzzle? I see some heads shaking. Well, good for you. The wise person muzzles their lips and therefore, according to the Proverbs, limits their sin. Proverb number two. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Belittling or taunting a neighbor or friend is senseless. Now this, pro this problem is not talking about just teasing or kind of joking, but more serious sins like gossip and insults. 
Now, if you have a problem with a neighbor or a friend or a co-worker, according to this proverb, you really have two options. You can speak truth graciously. The proverb says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Or you remain silent. Two options. You speak it directly to them or you shut up. Instead of insulting your friends, you put on your muzzle. Put on your muzzle. Pro- oh, yeah. Proverb 3. Better is a dry morsel and uh, uh, better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of feasting with strife. The Proverbs talking about two meals. A dry morsel and a feast. Now most of us would choose the feast. But the problem with the feast is it comes with strife. That dry morsel comes with quiet. As wonderful as that feast is, the wise person chooses the dry morsel with silence. Proverb number four. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. Now, some of you might think, that sounds a little bit familiar. Yeah, we talked about this a few weeks ago. But this is a good proverb, fits here, and it certainly bears repeating. So when you're in a situation where you don't have enough knowledge, the wise person keeps his mouth shut. His his lips closed, restrained, his mouth muzzled. Why why are we supposed to keep silent? Silence helps us listen, helps us learn, and helps us to think about what to say. Perhaps perhaps we could wear different muzzles on different days to match our different outfits, right? We we could have a, a sequence of five or six different muzzles, okay, to match your outfit for the day. Unfortunately, in the world that we live in, we don't value silent people. People who are silent are not valued. We value people that talk in in a lot of situations. I value students in my classes who talk. It's hard for me to value students that are silent. When I was a college student, I was on the student leadership team of the Christian Fellowship, the InterVarsity group I was involved with. And our, our group, our leadership team, met weekly for several hours. It lasted for the whole year. My first year on this leadership team, I never, ever spoke. Some people felt uncomfortable about that. But for me, I just felt like I've got so much to learn here. I just wanted to listen. But what made it really hard for me was people assumed, because I wasn't speaking, that I wasn't involved, I wasn't engaged, I wasn't really thinking. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have called me a fool, but they, they assumed that my role as a listener wasn't as important. 
And that hurt. It hurt that my silence and my listening didn't seem to be valued by the, the other people on my team. The sage of Proverbs values silence and values listening. If you're in a situation where someone is silent, that does not mean that they're not engaged, they're not learning, and they're not listening. If you're in a context where you're one of the talkers, and you guys know who I'm talking to, you're a talker, ask one of those silent people, hey, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Perhaps you'll learn something. Proverb number five. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs, and there is no quiet. In Proverbs, the wise are normally the good guys. But even a wise person can get sucked into an argument with a fool who will simply rage and laugh. What's the result? It's just a lot of noise. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's probably a person in your life who you get sucked into foolish arguments with. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a child or a parent or a, a spouse, perhaps. <laughs> Hopefully it's not your spouse. For me, it's a very close family member. And the topic is politics. These arguments have been some of the most volatile debates of my life. I've gotten very, very angry because my goal was to enlighten him. Okay? Each time I thought, he's going to listen to me finally and we'll make progress. Me and this family member have always been quite close. But these arguments have threatened to, to, to ruin our friendship. The past few years, though, my family member and I, we've, we've become wiser. <laughs> and we've avoided these subjects. And my family member, my relationship with this person has been restored. Truly wise people avoid foolish arguments. Truly wise people are blessed by silence in these contexts. Proverb number six. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. What does it mean to be hasty in your words? Well, I think we could par paraphrase that by saying, quick to speak, slow to listen. The book of James commands the opposite. It tells us to be slow to speak. It doesn't really work. Quick to listen. Quick to listen. In Proverbs, once again, the wise are normally the good guys. And fools are normally the bad guys. But in this proverb is saying a fool has a more of an op optimistic future than the person who is quick to speak and slow to listen. Why? People who talk a lot don't listen well. The wise person is slow to speak, quick to listen. Wise people know when to wear a muzzle. 
Now, my mom was one of the wisest people I know. And she loved to ask questions. I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I grew up in a college town. And we went to church with a lot of college students. In fact, there were college students from all over the world. My mom would often invite international students over to our house after church on Sunday. Uh, mom would ask questions, and these international students from, from China, from Uganda, from Brazil, literally all over the world, it was phenomenal. Mom would ask questions, and they'd tell us stories. Now, it would often delay my Sunday afternoon football watching. But you know what? It was worth it. Because I learned about the world and I learned how to ask questions from my mom. But sometimes, after people would leave, my mom would say, he talked too much. <laughs> he talked too much. Now, my mom was an amazing, compassionate, caring, loving person. But one thing she couldn't stand was a person who loved to talk and couldn't listen. The book of Proverbs agrees with my mom. Mom was a wise woman. Don't be hasty in our words. People, Proverbs says, people who love to talk and don't like to listen are fools. Now, at this point in time, some of you guys might be thinking, wait, is all talking bad? That doesn't make sense. No, of course. Talking can bless. Talking can encourage. Talking can teach. Ironically, I'm talking about not talking, right? Yeah, there's a problem with that. Dave, shouldn't you just shut up? Well, yes, and I will eventually. <laughs> the third chapter of Ecclesiastes says, there is a time to keep silent and a time to speak. It takes wisdom to know when. Now, the Bible doesn't say that talking is the problem full stop but really talking too much or talking inappropriately or talking when we should be listening. I could contrast silence with talking a lot, which is also called loquaciousness. Loqu Isn't that a great word? Loquaci talking too much. But I'm going to be a little bit more provocative, and I'm just going to focus on just talking. Okay, so I think you know what I'm saying. I see three lessons we, we learn here. Three lessons from Proverbs about talking in silence. Lesson number one, talking is connected to transgression, strife, and arguing. Proverbs 10 says when there are a lot of words, there's a lot of transgression. Proverbs 17 says strife is what's contrasted with silence. And Proverbs 29 says arguing is contrasted with quiet. So those, all of these things are connected with talking. But silence is con connected with prudence, understanding, and wisdom. Now, we, know, we now know that prudence and understanding and wisdom are all kind of basically, it's all wisdom. I could have said silence is connected with wisdom, wisdom, and wisdom. But I wanted to make some parallels here. Talking is connected with transgression, strife, and arguing. Lesson number one. Lesson number two, 
Talking is worse than foolishness. So if you had a choice, according to Proverbs 29, to be a fool or a talker, a wise person would choose to be a fool. Talking is worse than foolishness. But silence, silence is better than feasting. Remember the two meals. You have a choice. Dry meal, dry morsel, morsel with quiet or a big feast with strife. A wise person chooses the dry morsel. Silence is better than feasting. And lesson number three, talking belittles people we're supposed to love. Friends, family, and even fools. These are all three of these groups the Old Testament commands us to love. We're, supposed to, we're called to love friends. We're called to love family. We're, call, we're called to even love fools. Talking doesn't have to, but it often belittles the people we're supposed to love. But silence blesses the people we're supposed to love by not engaging in um, gossip, not engaging in arguments, not engaging in debates with them. Instead, we bless them with our words. We are silent. We wear our muzzles. Now, some of you guys might think, is this just an emphasis we find in the book of Proverbs? Silence. It's actually a theme all over Scripture. We've already seen it. God spoke to Elijah on Sinai in silence. James talks about being quick to listen and slow to speak. But there's other places that it talks about that. The prophet Habakkuk likes silence. He declares, The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. Whoa. Sometimes the only response to God's holiness is silent, reverent, Awe. It wasn't just Habakkuk. Paul likes silence. Paul prays in 1 Timothy 2 that all people may lead a quiet and peaceful life, dignified in every way. The, the word quiet here is hesukion, the Greek word. Now, a few verses later, in that same chapter, Paul encourages women to be quiet, using the same word, hesukia. But when this verse is taught, people often ignore the fact that Paul had just encouraged everybody, including kings and leaders, to be quiet. We just, they just focus on just the women. <laughs> I think that's interesting. According to Paul, it's good for everybody, men and women, to be silent in certain contexts. And our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, also liked silence. During Jesus' three-year ministry, he taught the crowds, he called the disciples, he told stories, he asked questions. But shortly before his death, before the council, they asked him about who he was. 
And the text says, he was silent and did not answer. Jesus could have avoided the cross if he chose to speak. Silence. The book of Isaiah tells, speaks prophetically about Jesus as the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. The book of Isaiah says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Like a sheep before his... Jesus was silent on his way to the slaughter before the most important event in history. Because of Jesus' silence, we are healed. Praise God. Because of Jesus' silence, he didn't speak up. Habakkuk, Paul, Jesus, Elijah. I think silence is golden. Well, why is silence golden? We live in a world of noise. Everywhere you see people, people are walking, running, driving with things in their ears. Okay? It's hard to hear from God in the midst of all this noise. It's hard to listen when you're talking. We need silence. We need the sound of silence to listen to others, but more significantly, to hear from God. In the summer and fall of, well, seven years ago, 2012, my vocal cords were damaged, and I needed to rest them as much as possible. So I needed to talk as little as possible. And that was hard. My family loved it. (laughs) Yes, Um, And then a few years later, but God eventually healed me from that. God healed my vocal cords. But a couple years later, I was not allowed to speak for three hours. My wife forbade me, and I always do what she tells me. Well, maybe. Shannon was teaching Sunday school at our church. Shannon's one of my favorite teachers, Bible teachers, full stop. But we, we'd been going through a series of lessons on spiritual disciplines. And that week, the focus was on silence. So she gave our entire Sunday school class the challenge to be silent for three hours. All the, we, our Sunday school class was in the first hour, so this was all the way through lunch. Okay, from basically 10 to, to, 10, to 10 to 1. Now, I consider just having lunch really, really early in order to get my, my time of silence over, but I thought that wasn't going to go over well. So after our Sunday school class, I was walking around the lobby, and I'd see people, and I couldn't talk to them. It was really awkward. My, uh, uh, I, would, I would show people the card that Shannon gave us. It says, we're practicing the spiritual discipline of silence. I bumped into my friend Tony, and Tony came up to me, and he started to get really worried because he said, Dave, are you okay? You're not talking. Have you lost your voice again? Your vocal cords are okay. Tony was really concerned. And I pulled out my card, and I said, we're practicing the spiritual discipline of silence. He goes, whoa, thank God. I thought you, were, you, know, I thought you had vocal cord damage again. As I walked around that church that day, voluntarily being silent, it made me grateful for God's healing of my voice two years earlier, but also for the opportunity to actively listen 
to my friends, my family, and my God. My wife made me and other people in our class be silent for three hours. I'm going to give you an assignment to be silent for three minutes. For the next three minutes, I'm going to ask you to be silent. Okay? No music, no noise. You can ask God to speak. So I'm just going to give you three minutes of silence. Let me say a very short prayer, and then I will close this three minutes of silence with a prayer. Okay? Just close your eyes and listen. Jesus, we sit in silence before you. Speak. Your servants are listening. Speak. 